And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Yeah, he is Big Josh Thompson looking at his Kansas City Chiefs getting ready to lose today because it is Super Bowl Sunday and they're taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. But the real Super Bowl was last night. We got to see number one pound for pound versus number two pound for pound. We're going to talk about all of that, but we got to bring my man, Mr. Red, in here. He's got his Priest Holmes jersey on. See, I even remember who that 31 was. All right, baby, it's all good. So what's up, my man? Are you ready for the day? I'm nervous. I'm nervous, 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 (laughs) man. So hold on. You were nervous for last night, and it's just run itself all the way into today. Yeah. Yes, man. I mean, like, yeah, it's it, it's it's two things, man. Last night I was like shaking last night while the fight was going on. It was it was so weird. I was like, I felt like I was cold because I was shivering so much. Oh my god! I was like, man, this is horrible. I, it's it's so hard to watch your friends fight. People it doesn't have no matter. Idea. Yeah, it, it like, sucks. With with you, like you're not nervous. Like you're nervous, obviously, when you fight yourself. Yeah, but, but you once feel you're like out, you have there. a lot of control. You feel like you have a lot of. You're in. You, you have you're all the only one in control. When when it's not you and it's your yeah, friends, it's horrible. It's horrible. It really is. Uh, but then and then I, that's gonna basically just carry over until today. So today <laughs> I'm be watching my Chiefs going. What are you guys doing? No, don't do that. But um, look, if we show up like we showed up um in the AFC Championship game, we played, we balled out. The defense showed up, which is very rare for us since we have the 31st ranked defense in the league. Yeah, the shittiest defense. One defense of the shittiest. Is not great on that side. But I want to remind people: the first time we won it, though, too, the first time we won the Super Bowl, the defense we were, is not that good. We were, yeah, we were 28th or something like yeah. that in the league. So, uh, but they they showed up in that last game against the Bengals. Yeah. So we'll I'll take that if you can give me some performance like that, especially in that first half. We had four or five sacks, I think, in the first half of uh, that Bengals game. If we could show up like that, but containing uh, Hurst is going to be a little bit more, a little bit harder than than containing Burrow. Burrow's the the. The yeah. drop back QB, sit inside the pocket, dump it down, whatever. Look at it, it is. this way. The guy that is under center for your team is superhuman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he shouldn't be playing right now. Well, he has a little bit of a hurt ankle. Yeah, you ever had a high ankle sprain? Nah. Fucking sucks. It's worse than yeah. breaking your ankle. Uh, Takes longer to get rid of. I'm telling you. He'll figure Horrible. it out. He'll figure it out. I mean, He's you gotta doing think. Great. We, yeah, we, we like We'll see what happens, but man, there I get I get happy. Look, I haven't been able to cheer. I've been able to cheer for them my whole life, but like we haven't been in this many Super Bowls ever, and so it's kind of, it's kind of nice that we've been trickling in. I think uh, three of the last four Super Bowls we've been in, and uh, we came up short against Tampa. Hopefully, we don't come up short tonight. So, I think I think we have our hands full. What makes gives me a little bit of hope is that um, the Eagles had like the second or third easiest schedule in the league, something like that. So they haven't really played the top level competition. It don't even only did well through the playoffs, but then that, that Niner team was very depleted after their QB, uh, went down. So I'm going to, I'm going to say that we're going to give them something to think about. We're going to see if we can pull this thing off, man. I'm pumped. I'm pumped for today though. Good we luck. We'll see. We will see. And go Eagles. <sighs> you know, <laughs> I had to do it. You know, you you know when Dave likes to troll. That's that's Big John right now. Ah, dude, I'm horny. But you know, it, it, it's like, and and I know. 
look, when you have a team like that, man, it's like everything to you. And so you got to have some jerk on the other side going, you know, you know, oh no. You know, every time your team doesn't yeah. do something, they're cheering. Your team does something bad. They're cheering against you. It's like, yeah. I hate that son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's funny. If I'm looking for those jerks though, they're usually on the internet. <laughs> like <clears throat> all I, all I need to do is post one chiefs thing. And like, I, I swear if the chiefs lose, there'll be 30 people in there. Um, Talking trash. Oh, your Chiefs got blown out. I'm like, no, 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 no. But like, cause like, look, I witnessed it last night. Do it night. this way. Your team I witnessed made it, it last night. Yeah, they did. They did make it. Yeah, their team didn't. That's it. Yeah, but no, I um, it was it was like last night when we were talking about the the fight all you know during the week. Man, I got blown up just cause cause Islam didn't dominate dominate the fight. But I was like, what are you we'll guys talking about? It. Yeah, we'll talk about it. All right. Well, hey. Before we move on, before big we move breath. on to any of that, big breath. Here we go. Before we move on for anything, uh, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button on our channel. We've got a lot to talk about. We have a lot of big news, and we have some news to drop just for you guys and uh, some big stuff coming up. Well, John, let's get into the Islam versus Volkanovsky fight that we talked about for so much, so long. And I was obviously for my guy, Islam. But before we get into all of it, let's get into some breaking news. For the Weighing In Podcast. The Weighing In Podcast is popular amongst MMA fans across the globe, and it's because of only one thing, the fans. So Weighing In is the first podcast to partner with OnlyFans to give our fans the chance to participate in our content and to get access to content beyond our podcast. You guys love the fan questions, so we're adding an OnlyFans question segment to the podcast, taking your questions from OnlyFans, will also answer questions right off of our feed. We're uploading content beyond the podcast, including vlogs from our travels, exclusive interviews, additional live streams, and we'll be taking recommendations from you, our fans, on things you'd like to see. Head on over to OnlyFans.com slash weighing in, add weighing in to your homepage and turn on the notifications, not just to take part, but to be part of the weighing in takeover subscribe now for free see ya (laughs) (laughs) it's broken now it's broken now all right so we got that big news and you know what we're gonna try to change things around we're gonna try to have some fun you're gonna see stuff from myself here on my farm you're gonna see stuff as far as everything that we do behind the scenes you're gonna see josh sometimes working out and giving some advice on what to do <laughs> and you know he's got to try to keep that dad bod going and everything but yep. we're gonna have fun with that channel so follow us click onto there subscribe all that good stuff and you're gonna like some of the stuff you're gonna see we're gonna have some fun man this is just, just yeah. different That's all it's about um yeah we're gonna have some fun this is something different for both of us you know john myself everyone so Let's, uh, you know, we'll get into more details later on in the show um, about what's going on and how we're going to do it and things that we want to present to you guys. And uh, we'll go from there. But like I said, let's get into the uh, the main event with Islam Makachev and Alexander Volkanovsky. Let's do it because that was <clears throat> something that was like, that was a unicorn, dude. Mm. That really was. When you think about it and you look at the fight and everything, you go number one pound for pound versus number two pound for pound. Yeah. Looking at the lightweight champion against the featherweight champion. But, you know, that thing turned out exactly how it 
it should have been. And you, and you got to look at both guys and say, fantastic job, because it, it, this is where everyone's going to be like, oh, Islam was supposed to dominate him or, you know, Volkanovsky was going to. Those guys fought their asses off. Mm -hmm. Those guys had serious adjustments to make during the fight. The real part that was kind of interesting, if you look at it, and you've kind of talked about it, Islam stand-ups a lot better than people give him credit for. Mm -hmm. And the southpaw stance and the size and distance that he was able to maintain gave Volkanovsky problems because Volkanovsky had to make these mad rushes in there. He was trying to time these rushes to get his shots off, and he wasn't as comfortable as we've seen in the past. But, man... You have got to give it up. Volkanovsky is just an Australian tank. Yeah. He is so tough, you know. And I and and I was looking before the fight. I was looking at things and going, I don't think Volkanovsky is going to win, but I don't think Islam's going to finish him. I think it's going to go the distance. And I at least was correct in that assumption. But I did not think that in the end that Volkanovsky would do so well getting out of certain positions. And you look at the physical strength to do it. Because he's going back to the corner saying, nah, he's not strong. I love, I love the mentality of him because he doesn't let anything affect him. And, yes, he's got a loss on his record, but, Josh, that was not a loss. No, he that won over not, a lot of fans. That is not a loss in any fashion. He's still the featherweight champ. Mm -hmm. He's got a great fight coming up, you know, next with Yair Rodriguez. We'll talk about that, but... I don't, I don't look at it in any fashion. He lost anything. I th and going into it, we talked about it. I thought Islam was the guy that had, a, had everything to lose in the fact that, look, he was the champ. It was his belt that was on the line. Yeah. The pound-for-pound pound thing is, you know, yeah. that's just media stuff. Yeah. But, and I, I, I even texted you right before. I go, Volkanovsky looks loose. He looks good. He looks the same as he's always been. Islam looks tight. He looks... Yeah. You know, you can see the pressure. And you could, yeah. and there was. Yeah, John, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go in order here a little bit and just jump in anytime you feel like you want to interrupt me for this. Is we were texting back and forth, and I you had texted me that hey, Islam looks tight in you know in comparison to Vulcan. I said I was actually in the middle. Yeah. I didn't just I just didn't hit send yet of saying the same exact thing. Look at him when he walked out for the Charles fight. He had a smile. He was ready. He was, you know, kind of just like using his hand gestures. He he was enjoying the moment and taking it all in. Yep. This was, you could tell, all the way up from the weigh-ins yesterday or the day before, you could tell he looked a little bit stressed. He looked something like, like I said, it felt like he was carrying the pressure of everything. And when we had talked in the middle week, you're like, oh, yeah, like, this is kind of one of those fights, and I and I, I talked about. It, I said I feel like he that all the pressure's on him. He's the he's the heavier guy. He's supposed to dominate. He's supposed to he's supposed to control this fight. I mean, he just finished Charles Oliver with a submission. Yeah, I thought to myself too. I didn't see Volk getting out of the third round, and everyone's like, "Oh, how how can you say that Volk's you know not going to get out of the third round?" Or uh, that Volk's going to go that long when Charles, he finished Charles in round one. Because anytime you fight somebody that is like, sure, shorter in stature, it's a lot harder to hold them down. When, you, when they when they push on the head and get you off of them, you're literally clearing their kneecaps by just straightening their arm. Yeah. And, you know, when, when you're longer, when you're bigger, it's more to grab a hold of. Um, 
I have the hardest time. I always had the hardest time when I would train with someone like a 125 pounder or 135 pounder, like trying to control them on bottom because they're, if they're good at all, they're just moving around. It's, it's like liquid under you just trying to grab them and get a hold of them it's and like they're grabbing water. Moving. And the worst guy that I ever had to train with was, uh, Justin Wilcox. Man, that guy was built like a brick shit house. Yes, he was. Super strong. That's why they call really, him the silverback. <laughs> really hard to hold down. Just because his legs were so short. I mean, if he pushed on your head, you were already down to his ankles. It was one of those. Things. He had long arms, too. Very much like Volk. It was, it was just a different type of body style that you really weren't used to, to training with. And if you had that body style, they didn't have the abilities of Volkanovski. Obviously, Volkanovski's at a different level uh, than any other fighter that he, that Islam had to fight so far in his in the way that he presents threats. I also noticed that the speed was a big factor in that first two rounds. Even though I had Islam win in the first two rounds, in those first two rounds, you could tell the hesitation for Islam to throw and leaving himself out of position. He got nervous. He kind of like would just shell up so he didn't get hit. So he'd yeah. throw. If he missed, he'd clam up. You know, for defense, because Volk was faster. And anytime you fight someone who's faster than you, it, it poses that threat of, you know, you're blinking, you're, you're hesitating, you're, you're expecting to get hit. And, and I felt like that was a big factor, especially in those first two rounds. And as he started to slow down, as Islam started to slow down in terms of the fight was progressing and he was, he didn't have as much pop on his step. He didn't have as much pop on my, on his punches, all of those things. Volk started being able to touch him a little bit more. Maybe they weren't rocking him. Maybe they weren't hurting him. Some of them did kind of clip him a little bit. I get concerned that because the speed was so much, it had him thinking that he was going to get hit, and it made it look worse than, than it was when he did get hit because it was throwing him off balance. He seemed like he just didn't have his feet under him last night. I was texting, actually, uh, Habib during the fight, too, and we were talking back and forth. He goes, I told him, I said, look, man, when I watched him walk to the cage, and I watched him, and I even told you this too, when he got into the cage, I'm like, he looks smooth. And I don't know if you guys understand what that means. I said he either overtrained, which is common, or he cut way too much. He had a really hard weight cut. Yeah. His body looks smooth. No, no. He wasn't definition. able to fill back out. Yeah, he wasn't able to fill up. He his body just looked flat. And I'm not taking anything away from from Volkanovski. I'm not making. I'm not making any excuses for Islam. He just didn't look. If you go back and watch the Charles Oliveira fight, he looked full walking into that fight. His attitude seemed different too. Like he just, he had, I felt like a lot of pressure on him for this fight, for this fight. I don't think there was sure there was pressure on him for the Oliveira fight, but this is a lot. I, like, I, like I said, like with the Patricio and the Michael Chandler fight. Absolutely the exact same thing. It's exactly the same thing. What, is, what let me ask you, let me ask you this. What would the promotion do? What would Dana White do if Volkanovski beat Islam? What do you do with Islam? You just lost to the 45-pound champion. It's hard to market you as the best 55-er yeah. in the world. When my 45 when you, beat you. When my 45-er just beat you. Yeah. It's so hard to do that. Sure, Volkanovski would, would have made history. I get it. But in, in, the, in the Bellator case, right, with Patricio, he beats Michael Chandler. Now, how do I market to, to anybody who a bunch of people are already naysayers about Bellator fighters. So how do I market to everyone that he's the best 55-pounder when he got knocked out by our 45-pounder? Yep. So that that kind of, I think that pressure, that really, really adds up. And I felt like it showed a little bit in this fight. He's a better fighter than that. 
And I know we all, I feel like, I, I feel like a lot of people already know this. They know he's a better fighter than what he showed last night. But also Volkanovsky posed John a lot of threats that he has never had to deal with. The speed, the, the ability to switch stance, the, the other thing, the durability, but also the talking. Oh yeah. No one really has, I don't think anyone outside of Bobby, but Bobby got finished quick. But no one talks like that that Islam's had to fight. Not like that. Like he was laughing. He was smiling. He was hitting him like this from when he had his back. He was out there having a good time. You know, if there's if there's a fight that was reminiscent of this fight for Islam, I'm, I'm going to just put it out there. It was the Mansoor Barnawi fight. Very similar in that Islam came out, was doing well, not, you know, a little bit better, not you know huge, but landed some of the bigger shots, and that's that was the difference in the beginning. But Barnawi stayed there, and all of a sudden, it was you saw one fighter starting to slow down while one fighter continued on on that path, and yeah, that was the. If you're gonna look at Volkanovski, was in shape. I oh, mean, yeah. you looked at him between the fourth and fifth round, talking with his corner, and I'm looking at his diaphragm, and man, he's hardly breathing. You go, holy shit! Especially for all of the output, as far as the grappling situations, how much he's pushing. You know, a lot of him getting up was just pure power, pure power, and you know, and. We talk about it all the time. Man, you don't want to do that very often because that's going to exhaust you. Bullshit. Not if you're a guy named Alexander Volkanovsky because, man, he powered out of things multiple times and just kept coming. And he, God, I'm so impressed. Yeah, you know, I, I know there's going to be people saying all kinds of stuff about, well, you predicted Islam, you know, this and that. I did because I just looked at the the good big man and the good small man. And you're looking at so so hard to overcome certain things that uh, Alexander was going to have to overcome, but you know I said it before Usman uh, lost to Leon Edwards. I said, look, the the number one pound for pound guy out there is Alexander Volkanovsky. He is that good, and he proved it in this fight. Yeah. He proved how fucking good he is. You know, yes, it's a loss, but again, I say it's not a loss, man. It was a fantastic performance. I had. Islam won the first two rounds. Volkanovski yep. won the third round. Islam came back and won the fourth, and Volkanovski won the the fifth. You know, I didn't. I don't agree with the forty nine forty six score that was on there. I don't know how they had it. I I didn't look up the judges' things, but I had a forty eight forty seven, and that's just the way it goes. It's you know that's that's the sport. It's by rounds. But if you're gonna take a look, and you got to be honest about this, if that fight didn't have a time limit, oh yeah. Alexander Volkanovsky was still going to be there and he was coming on and, and Islam was going to be the guy having more problems. Yeah, but we can't live our life in what if. No, um, no, no, no. You're that's right. That's the thing. I, You're I right. Can say, we, yeah, everyone's like, oh, he got saved by the bell. Guys, calm down. Not saved. Hey, there's, a the there's a 25 minute reason. There's a yes. 25 And, you, and you, you prepare yourself for that. Yes, exactly. Um, I just, I looked at, I looked at that fight. It, it, Alexander Volkanovsky did a lot of great things. And when I talked to Habib about it, we were texting and he was like, he's like, he just, he can show a lot better than this. He, I said, but there's a lot of things. And I said, him, I said, like, honestly, it's the first time in however long you're not he's the fought corner. without you in his corner. And I, right. I'm not, and obviously I, he even talked about it. Islam did when they had, they were doing a FaceTime afterwards. He's like, brother, I could have done better if you would have been here. And it's, but he's like, I get it. I understand. But there comes, it, there comes the point you can't. It's an adjustment, man. Yeah. It's a it's a huge adjustment. I remember the uh, one time I had to fight with Hal Hav, 
And it just was a weird, it was a weird vibe for me in the corner. Um, and I had fought plenty of fights before Hav and I had ever About, started working yeah. together, but Bob was always in my corner. And so like I had to always have one of them, but the first time I fought without Hav, it was, it was an adjustment. It was a weird feeling. And, um, and I'm now having someone that you've been friends with since you were five years old or three years old, whatever it is, you know, um, not there. And he's always been there. That's, that's a weird, that's a weird feeling on top of that, you know, obviously not having hit, you know, uh, hubby's dad that was, you know, he made that adjustment already. Now he's losing, you know, having his, his best friend and his main training partner, all those things. That's also an adjustment. Uh, little Umar and Usman, they're actually here in San Jose at AKA. So he didn't really get a chance, that opportunity to train with them. I look at this, it wasn't his best performance, but when you don't have your best performance. And you still win. Is, and you still win. Yeah. And um, it just, it, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. There's a lot. I felt like there was a ton of pressure. Not just the crowd, not just Volkanovsky and the talking and the movement. And the, It's hard to fight someone who fights so free. You don't realize that. And I, I found that out when I fought KJ Noons. Understanding that. This guy's so free. Doesn't give a care in the world. It almost like feels like they don't feel like they don't even care if they win. You're putting pressure on yourself to win. And this guy's out there every time you hit him going, oh, good one. Oh, it's like, you're like, what the, f I just hit you. Like, so there, there was a lot, there was a lot that I felt Islam could have done better, but at the end of the day, he got the win. Got the and that's, job done. And that, that's the main part. That is yeah. the main part. Now, where we go from here. Like I said, I think there'll be tons of adjustments uh, on Islam's part. Well, when when you say where do we go from here, I think both guys. You know, obviously, Volkanovski can try to get another shot at it, but Islam's got a lot of people in the lightweight division. He needs to fight. Oh yeah, lots. Absolutely. And you know, let's just be honest. You know, going back to it, now we see with you know Volkanovski, like he's got Yair Rodriguez standing in front of him. Does that mean that you know? That he's not going to win, no. But Yair presents problems. He presents problems mm -hmm. for everyone based upon he's different than most fighters in the way that he approaches the fight, the way that he you know moves inside of the cage and everything. He presents a lot of problems. It's, I'm not saying they're not problems that uh, Volkanovski can't get past. And I'm being honest, I think Volkanovski is <clears throat> definitely the favorite in that fight. But that's a great fight, and that's now something for him to start to work towards. And there's other guys coming up in the featherweight division and stuff. So, you know, Ster you know Aljamain Sterling's talking about coming over. Well, there's another one for him. You know, let's see what happens there. So, I don't know. I, 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 I love this fight. I love the fact that, the, you know, they brought it together. I give credit to both guys for putting on a just a really outstanding performance by both. Even though you're going to get a lot of, you know, well, it wasn't that exciting. It was. It was because good. It's so hard to fight a good fighter and do well and create those situations where you, you catch them in the mistake or anything and then they don't fix it and you get the finish. That's, you know, in the end, both were too good to be finished. And so, yeah. great well, job. Well, I, I, looked, I looked at it a couple of different ways. I figured that if he got to his back that he'd be able to choke him. But then I realized in the first round when he got to his back, Volkanovski has no neck. Yeah, no, <laughs> That's I was a rough like, one. What are you going to choke? There's no neck there. When you see him shrugging, you're like, what are you going to choke? Um, there was that. And, and then there's I no doubt. And, and you got to say, and this, a lot of people will, well, you, anybody can be choked. Yes, anybody can be choked. Yeah. But the thing that you, you start to switch towards, and you saw Islam start, start to switch towards it, 
is look we're going to use a neck or a face crank mm-hmm. and we're going to put a lot of pain on somebody mm-hmm. volkanovsky is not going to stop based upon discomfort mm-hmm. he is not that guy he's not the one that you're going to get to you know oh that hurts i'm tapping out ain't gonna happen you're gonna have to tear his head off and show him look i'm holding your head over here and your body's over here and he's still gonna go i don't care i feel like that's a jab at conor mcgregor i feel like that was a little jab anyways <laughs> not a jab um, at anybody i look at uh, if, if look if people walk away from this fight and think that that because islam struggled with volk that he's gonna have problems with certain fighters in the lightweight division no this one made him better Yes, not only that, but none of those guys pose the threats and the speed and the and the movement and the size and the body size of of what Volk does. That relaxation, that cardio, not it's very rare to find fifty five pounders um, that have that type of movement, that have that ability to switch stance, that have that are in that shorter stature and that ability to stop takedowns and to make scrambles and cause scrambles, all of those things. And we've seen like guys, top guys. Uh, Tiago Moises, uh, Sarukian, other guys that Islam has fought, they they didn't they didn't pose this type of threat. Like in terms of it was they were they were easy they're easier to grab a hold of. They're not as scrambly. Those guys, they're fantastic fighters. Don't 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 sit around and say that this diminishes now the fact that Islam fought Sarukian and and these other guys, Moises and those guys. Those guys are good. Those guys are extremely good. It is just hard to hold someone down who is that short, that compact, that has that kind of cardio, that is that fast. Put all those things together, plus his mindset, which makes him the number two, number one, number two pound for pound guy in the world right now. It's hard to beat those guys. It doesn't make, and I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not up here making excuses. I'm simply saying, Wokonowski fought a fucking fantastic fight. And you got to give him your respect. You got to give him his dues. And, you know, I've gone on to say that, hey, that I've been on record saying that I think I think Islam has a good chance of winning the fifty the seventy pound title, because when I look at this and I said this also too last night with Habib, I go, bro, he might be cutting too much weight. If he doesn't take care of his nutrition issues or not issues, but he doesn't keep his nutrition under check, he's gonna be strict. Fights, he's gonna be in trouble, man. Because I really look at the T.J. Dillashaw fight when he fought Henry Cejudo, oh, he much. cut so much weight. I think it affected his it affected his chin, it affected him, it affected his performance, all that stuff. I think in this fight, there was times where he just looked unstable on his feet. And I think a little bit of that is just not him cutting too much weight. He walks around 200. Most welterweights walk around 200. And he's a lightweight. That's another 15 pounds. It's not that 10-pound jump. It's a 15-pound jump. And so when I look at this, I'm like, I'm like, bro, you he just needs to either keep it to where it's in control or within reach of let's say 182 185 186 somewhere in there another 15 pounds on top of that is is a lot i mean he's like i said he's walking around 192 to <coughs> to 200 pounds in that off season and so he needs to keep that under control so he doesn't have to get killed during the camp and your whole camp's not focused on making the weight and it's not affecting your performance when you get out there and so I think I think if, if they, they keep that under control, I think you're going to see him start to come back in in fights where he looked full like he did against Charles Oliver. He looked like he had filled back out. He didn't look flat. He didn't look smooth. His body didn't look smooth. Um, 
And I expect big things from him at 55. I mean, I look at the guys that are there, and they're all studs, all of them. But a lot of them lack the wrestling pedigree. There's a little submission threat there. But then a lot of them lack that that, that wrestling pedigree. And the ones that have really good submissions, um, they're, they're open to go ahead and go to the ground like Charles Oliveira. And look what happened. So in this fight, <clears throat> I think Charles, I think Islam is going to end up going in towards who do you who do, who do you think is going to end up he's going to end up fighting next? Islam, yeah. Well, it depends. You got Dustin. You got Dustin sitting right there. Yeah, but you got Benil sitting right there too. I like Benil. Yeah, I like I'll just Benil. I'll just throw it there. We do have on the agenda that there's reports from uh, Oliveira's manager that um, Oliveira and Benil are going to fight next. That's what I heard. That's why I was going to say. I think Benil's got a got a fight that's being scheduled mm-hmm. with Charles. <clears throat> you have nothing with Dustin, and Dustin. If you look at it, Dustin fought Habib, so it would be an interesting, uh, you know, both Islam and Habib going up against mm-hmm. Dustin. Look, I, Dustin Poirier is as good as they get as far as preparation, tough, very good inside boxing. I'm not sure he has the wrestling pedigree to keep it on his feet. You know, but it's still a great fight. I would love to see it. And then you have, uh, you know, the guys that are going to give Islam a go. You know, one of them is Sarukian. Yeah. He's because he has that wrestling. You know, Gamrot. It's going to give him a little bit of, you know, issues based yeah. upon the wrestling. But it's really a question of, I think Dustin Poirier is the guy that's going to get it next. But. I don't know. Sometimes, you know, with the UFC, they get mad at somebody or they're not, you know, yeah. high on. They don't think he's going to be around long. So who knows? I'm really, I'm really surprised that they don't just pull Benil, have him, have him wait on the side until he's ready to fight, until Islam's ready to fight. But then again, you also have, um, you have um, uh, Ramadan coming up. Yeah. And so when they have Ramadan, so they probably Islam probably won't fight again until after Ramadan. So you have that, and in the meantime, you're going to have uh, Darius versus Charles Oliveira, and then you've got Dustin, who's we just, just talked to there. and interviewed last week, um, just basically saying, hey, I'm looking for this fight, I'm looking for this fight. But So that fight's supposed to happen. So you've got Justin Gaethje, I believe, fighting uh, uh, Fazeev, correct? Yeah. So that should, be, that should be a great fight, man. So there's, there's, there's action-packed fights in there, but I really would have liked to have seen just right from Darius to, to Islam. He's going to have to stay busy in between because, like I said, I think uh, Ramadan is coming up. I think it's in May this year. Yeah. So they, End of yeah. April, May, something like yeah, that. Yeah, and something like that. Um, but, but look, not to discredit anyone. And look, and I know, I know everyone's going to talk to me about, oh, well, you said, you said he was going to get him out of there in three. Hey, man, this, so is, you're why wrong. Fight, this is why you fight you're the wrong. fight. This is big deal. John, this <laughs> is why you fight yeah, the fight, though. This, yeah. I mean, like, how many people predicted that Chris Weidman was going to beat and knock out Anderson Silva? I mean, like, if you would have had to sit down and say, hey, you have you have one bet to make on that fight, what would you have said? Like, for if you want, even if it was going to be Weidman winning the fight, submission, it would have been submission, correct? It wouldn't have been knockout. Like, you wouldn't have thought that Chris Weidman was going to knock out Anderson Silva. I mean, everyone had, he was, he was a huge underdog at the time. I think he was like three or four to one or something like that or five to one. Um and he goes out there and knocks him out. And to say he was going to beat him twice. I mean, these these fights, ha- this happens. This, But overall, it was a good fight. The yeah. right person won. The right person got the right, the judge's decision. I had people on there going that Volk won. I was like, no, he did not win. Islam won the first two. And Islam won the fourth. 
That was it. Third and fifth, he lost. Third and fifth, he lost. It was pretty. I felt like it was pretty clear cut. I, I, I like thought it was pretty was. easy to look yeah. at. Yeah, we were you overall know, and I, during the fight. I was judging it, and you were too. And I was saying, yeah. boom, round one, boom, boom. Yeah, and it was like it was pretty simple to see. And it, yeah. here's the differences. Volkanovski was doing very well in that first round, and a lot of people were going, "Oh, he could have won that first round." It's like, look, Volkanovski landed that one good shot, kind of put Islam back on his heels into the fence. But if you recall, there was an exchange, and Islam actually put Volkanovski down. Mm. That was you're going to say which one was the best? Well, you got to go with that's the best. And then they got into that exchange, and Volkanovski ended up being pushed back. Islam was able to get him to the ground and stuff, and he kind of took over that round. So that first round was pretty easy. It should have gone to Islam Makhachev. Yeah. You know what does this do when you're at the gym? Because I wanted, to, I want to know what, what what do you think your mindset is if you somebody like Dan Hooker who fought Islam and they got submitted, and now you've got your 145 pound guy. He must be giving Hooker all he can handle in the gym. Oh, across. you know he is. You get it. I'm like geez. the guy too. Hold on, you know. And again, let let's put it this way, and this is why I, you know, it doesn't matter. The guy is 25 and two now. Okay, it's his only loss ever at lightweight, which he has fought before. His only other loss was at middleweight. He's never fought at the, he never lost at the weight class that he's champion at. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a guy that trains with, you know. All kinds of guys that are way bigger than him all the time. You know, he's he's doing his jujitsu with Craig Jones. You know how good Craig Jones is. Yeah. This is a guy that doesn't he doesn't back down from he won't back down from Godzilla. Mm-hmm. All right. That's just his personality. That's his mindset. That's what makes him so fun to watch because he's a good guy. Mm-hmm. He's a funny dude. He's got a great personality. And, you know, we, we talk about guys all the time that are great fighters, but don't really like to fight. Yeah. But they're good at it, so they do it. Alexander Volkanovsky loves to fight. No. He loves it. And you can see it when he's out there. And so he's got nothing, you know, again, he's got. I, I don't even look at it like it's a loss, but if you're anybody at City Boxing or the guys that he trains with also in Australia, you look and you go, yeah, there he is again. Oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah, he goes to the train. Oh shit! That's all you gotta say because you know he's only got one gear, you know. And he goes and the dude he is strong as hell. You know he's able to. Yeah, you know, when we talk about strong, I'm not saying he's weightlifting strong, but he is functionally fucking yeah. strong. And you watch some of the stuff he did to get out and get up from Islam takes a ton of strength, ton of core strength. Unbelievable, some of the things that he did. I've noticed though too, John. He's got. He seems like he's got bigger hands than normal for being a shorter guy. Because when I watched him wrap his hands around Islam's wrist, yeah, all the way. Was, yeah, he was gripping almost all the way around. I was yeah. like, that's pretty. That makes it a lot easier to defend, you know. And then also too, I think in Dom's breakdown, he was showing the wrist control that that Volk had in different positions, and uh, it looked like he was able to control, like when he fought uh, Brian Ortega. And he fought someone else. He was showing just the, the risk control, the ability to stop submissions because of the risk control, because of his, his, I look like to me, like he has bigger hands. And so, I mean, cause fucking, let's just be honest, man. He's got a fucking set of balls on him for oh, taking yeah. this fight. That's no a, doubt about it. He's got a set of balls on him for taking this fight. It's a huge step up in terms of threat, you know, challenging himself. And I thought he, I thought, I thought he showed out, man. You have nothing. I can have nothing but respect for somebody that does something like this. 
and to go out there and lay it all on the line in front of his home, you know, not his hometown, but like, in, you know, in his own country. Yep. Like just letting it hang out there, man. He fucking he had so much fun. He was in, he was engaging the crowd. He was talking to Islam. He was showing mutual oh, respect afterwards. Especially when Islam had the he has the figure four body lock on him, and he's got back, and he's sitting there, and you can tell he's saying, "Really, is this all you can? Come on, let's do so. You know, just don't hold on to me." And he's hitting, you know, going back, but you look, and you go, you can do all that talking. You got to get, you got to figure a way to get out. Not easy yeah. to do in that position, but you know, just. I love the attitude of him. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Good fight, though. Yep. It ended up being a better fight than I thought it was going to be. Obviously, I thought the fight would be done by the second, third round once he got him down. And, and man, he proved me wrong. Good stuff. Great stuff by him. And nothing but respect for, for Volk, man. Hi, everyone. Big John McCarthy here. I just want to take a moment of your time to talk about your investment future. Look, a lot of people invest in the stock market. They invest in cryptocurrency. And right now, that's a horrible investment. It has been crashing. You've seen what's been going on. Legacy Precious Metals is a company that I have started to work with. I believe in precious metals. Gold and silver have continuously held their value. And Legacy Precious Metals will walk you through the entire process of changing anything you have over into precious metals so you can be confident for your future. Look, if you want to have the precious metals sent to you, they will send them directly to you. Or if you want them to set up a retirement account, they will put all of those metals into your retirement account. They just sent me this five ounce pure silver metal with a Tuskegee Airman in the back. It's beautiful to look at. It's five ounces of weight. That's more than a single MMA glove. That's a big heavy coin. If you want to be secure in your future, I want you to call Legacy Precious Metals. The number for you to call is 866-912-6601. Call them now and start looking towards your future. Yair Rodriguez against Josh Emmett for that interim title and the opportunity to face Alexander Volkanovsky. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. But uh, look, Yair Rodriguez and Josh, you know, I said the big difference I thought would be the speed. You know, that... Josh Emmett's got the power, no doubt about it, but the speed of Yair and the the diversity of his attacks, the way that he's able to throw things. And really, Josh, you know, the thing that really started to put Josh Emmett in a bad spot, body blows, both kicks and punches, knees. He attacked the body of Josh Emmett, and you could see it affecting him. You could see how he was having problems with it. And that made Josh Emmett start to throw some big shots to try to get him off and, you know, winging shots, which we've seen him come back from in other fights where he's been losing that same way and get that big knockout. But he, he hurt Yair the one time, but after that, let's be, other than that, it was all Yair. Yeah. It was uh, everything that we talked about on Tuesday. It was the setups. It was the calf kick, the body kick up the middle, the push kick, all that stuff. Um, mixing it up, going to the head, uh, as he was stepping in, as Josh Abbott was stepping in, he'd throw the knees to the, to the liver. Like he, the timing was on point. The speed was on point. Um, you know, Josh started struggling a little bit more and lunging in. And as you start lunging in, you start opening up your body more yep. and Yair was able to exploit it. Yair is, there's no doubt how good he is. How talented he, had, he is. Exactly. How talented he is. And. I look at him and if, when I look at him, he poses a threat 
that these other guys just don't pose. Um, takedown defenses there, athleticism, the speed, the way he switches stances, the way he mixes up all of his combinations. He does it so fluidly. He'll look like he'll throw a knee, but then he'll hit you with the crush mark kick. Yep. He looked like he's going to throw the knee, and then he'll switch stance and throw the jab right down the middle. And they don't have to be hard. They just have to touch you because it's enough to snap your head back. That's that's a dangerous guy to fight. Extremely dangerous guy to fight because you don't know where anything is coming from. And he does it in just he does it in movement. He does it just in stride. He's not loading up. He's not telegraphing. He's not he's not trying to like put emphasis behind you know um, his punches and his kicks. He's just getting them there. And I was always told by my 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 uh, kickboxing coach, he's like, when you kick someone to the head, he's like, you don't need to throw it hard. No. He's like, you just got to touch them. Just, just, if you touch just, their just, chin just, or, yeah, he's like, you don't need to throw it hard. Just touch them. He's like, and almost every almost every time they'll go to sleep. The weight. Does, the weight. Yeah. He does it so smoothly. And it's it's impressive, man. It's really impressive. And it seemed like he just had Josh Emmett guessing the whole time. He had him reaching, he had him guessing, he didn't know what to do. The calf kicks were playing a factor. He kept, you know, Josh had to switch a couple times. Everything was a, everything was really like, man, you could just see it snowballing for Josh Emmett as it was going. I'm like, man, I've been in that situation in the gym against Thomas DeAnge. And I'm like, this sucks. This is the, <laughs> it's the worst feeling. Like you feel like you really this need to pressure. You have to pressure him so much. And just take the shots to get in on the legs or just to get in on the body to do any of that stuff. Yeah. And it's it's frustrating because you know you shouldn't be eating this many shots. There's nothing you can do about it because of the speed, the fluidity of their combinations and the way that they set things up and the way that they can just do it off of movement. It's, it's crazy. It's nuts. And it sucks. It sucks to be on the other end. I, I feel Josh Hammond's pain. Well, you got to take a look and be honest about it at this point. Was that Josh Emmett's shot was the, is he you think he's going to be able to work his way towards another no he's done not not look he's not, not done fighting done, yeah he's not done fighting and not not i have i have a ton of respect for him yeah. ton of respect for him the thing is i we just john you know and i know the promotion game he's 37 i think how old is josh 38. 37 38 they have no desire to push him 37 37 yeah they have, and he's coming up on his birthday, March fourth, thirty-eight. They have no desire to push him to be champion. They can't market a thirty-eight-year-old champion. Now everyone's like, "Oh, well, what about Jan Blahovich? What about Dan Henderson? What about all these guys that were older that fought?" Randy Couture. Josh Emmett doesn't have that 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 legacy that they had going into these things. They had twenty years of fighting, or you know, eighteen years of fighting, and where they'd been champion before. They could market that. Yeah, not Jan so much, but. But in that division, once John Jones left, it spruced things up. So, okay, if we have a 38-year-old champion or if we have a 40-year-old champion, it doesn't make a difference right now because one of our younger guys, John Mahal Hill, is going to come along and get the win. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, look, it, they're eventually going to lose out, which is fine, but then we got to figure out who we're going to place there. Right now it's John Mahal Hill. And so once Hill, once Hill got in there, but Hill, Hill is still, I think, like 33, 34. He's older, too. Uh, not old. Not but old. The, in the upper weights, it's okay to get away with those heavier guys. They, when you're young, when you're in the lower weights, the the, the older guys don't last as long. No, which is which is why, just to be honest, which is why at the 155 pound division, you've never had someone defend the title more than three times in UFC history. 
They've never defended it more than three times because that younger kid's going to come up and the speed's there. The athleticism's there. The game plan has been laid out. Like, I really believe in the Islam fight. The game plan now has kind of been laid out on how to fight him because this is the most footage that people have of him, really. Absolutely. And no one's ever seen him go five rounds. Exactly. And well, so, you could have if you watched the Barna Weaver. No, just kidding. Nah, but the, the, um, the fight with, um, uh, Sarukian, you know, I, you couldn't, you could take away a lot from there, but then also, too, there was a lot of control from, um, from, from Islam in that fight. The same way in, in this, in this fight, they kind of, he had a lot of back control. He had a lot of control from those positions. With Josh Emmett at 38 years old, the UFC is not making a push for him. Yeah. I don't March think so 4th. Either. Yeah. March 4th, he'll be, he'll be 38. They're not going to, they're not going to do it. I just, I've been there. I've done that. I've had conversations with people that work for the UFC when I was, when I was 36, 37, pushing 37. And they're telling they're, you you're becoming an old man. Yeah. They're not, they don't have, they don't have the desire to spend, a, you know, a million or two million or three million dollars on you to promote you across the world um, to be their champion. They just don't. Like, look, when you look at that division at 145 pounds, pull up that division for the UFC, please. There's killers in there. Oh, yeah. got, and Josh Emmett's one of them. But you've got Yair, young kid. Brian Ortega, still young. Arnold Allen, still young. Uh, Emmett's, you know, a Korean Zombie's kind of, you know, aging He's out older. a little bit too. He's, He's older. older. Uh, Calvin Cater, still young. Giga Chikaza. Uh, Giga I don't know how Giga is. He looks like he's fifty, but um, <laughs> but you got guys like Evalov, Tuporia, super young, Tuporia, super young. Yeah, you know, Bryce, Bryce Mitchell, Mitchell, young. You know, Yusuf, all of them. You know, it's, they're, it's they're all young. Yeah. Danny is probably in his low thirties. You know, thirty three, thirty two, thirty three, somewhere around there, probably. But all that whole group is 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 young, so they're not going to make another push when they know they can slide somebody else up. Look for them to try to. To use Josh Emmett to build one of their younger talents. Yep, I would expect to see like maybe a maybe you see Calvin Cater versus Josh Emmett. Maybe you uh, see Tapuria. Tapuria. Maybe you see yes, that'd be a great fight. Tapuria against Emmett. Yeah, John, John, that's a fantastic fight. Two of them both like to strike. Both can kind of wrestle a little bit, yep. and they're gonna get down, throw some heavy heat. Someone's gonna get knocked out of that fight. Yeah, good fight. That's a great fight. All right, next. Jack Della Madalena, man. Uh, this dude's, I love his nose because it's the classic fucking nose of a guy that's been punched in the face too many times against Randy Brown. But, man, I'll tell you what. Jack is definitely showing that he belongs, man. This guy, he was trying to figure out the length of Randy Brown in the beginning. Randy was moving very smoothly. All that huge difference in reach and everything. And finally, there was that moment that... Madalena just said, all right, that's it. I'm coming forward and starts to move his head just a little bit offline. You see that nice little movement as he's coming forward. Randy Brown tries to slip to the side and a big overhand right, right against the side of the head there. And it just disrupts him. And, you know, you, people look and go, oh, he wasn't that. I heard people go, he wasn't that hurt. Okay. I want you to see what lands on the canvas first because it's his face. <laughs> okay <laughs> you don't fall uh, like that if you are not hurt okay randy brown kissed the canvas without wanting to and that that happens when you you know you get hit with a shot the disruption he wasn't able to get himself out of it you know jack did a great job of coming through and just you know a couple hammer fists 
gets the rear naked choke, which was surprising because that's not what you're expecting out of him. But man, what a hell of a fucking performance and what a hell of a win, especially in, you know, in, in his country. I, I love the progression of this guy. He's someone you, you're going to see a lot of. He's tough. Yep. Yeah, I thought he looked slick. I thought he was kind of just trying to get the distance and the range. Uh, it was, it was giving him some, giving him some problems bit. in the beginning. Yeah, he was, you know, but it, it takes you that first minute and a half, sure. two minutes. There's got to be some in. output. And you want to try to get Randy Brown to settle in a little bit, so now I become touchable. Now you you know you're hitting me a little bit. Now I'm able to try to reach you. Um, I felt like Randy Brown was out there having too much fun. There was moments there where he was he was looking like he was. Ha- I'm not I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Some guys perform at that level uh, by having that much fun, and but in this it seemed like he was more into trying to please the crowd, and it it, it cost him. And I thought uh, not only did I just really put on a composed uh, fight, he really established, let me just track after you. Let me see if I can make you make a mistake. Yep. And then, like you said, started moving his head offline, started throwing, boom, caught him perfectly, had him doing the chicken dance. And once he did the chicken dance, went straight to the face. Like you said, face down, <laughs> ass up, and it was over. Yeah. It was, it was, But it was a good performance, though. Um, and the crowd, the crowd really got Miley. Oh, they got him going. Yeah. So, but uh, good good performance by the young man. And uh, what is that? Four finishes, I think, right? Four finishes yeah. Yeah. in a row in the UFC. Three, three knockouts. Three, well, three knockout TKOs and then one uh, uh, submission. There we go, Dave. Now I can see. All right. Nice. <laughs> yeah, TKO, 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 and submission. Boom. Yeah. Nice. nice. Very nice. And against good competition. Mm-hmm. Look at Danny Roberts. Tough dude. Pete Rodriguez, yeah, I think that was Pete Rodriguez's first uh, fight in the UFC, also. But he's actually a tough little fighter. Mm-hmm. You know, got got starched quickly. You know, that's he. Yeah. Stand by, man. Jack is making his move. He's showing everyone why you're seeing all that, uh, all those wins. He's looking mm-hmm. great. All right, next. Ah, uh, we had the the big heavyweights, Justin Toffa against Parker Porter. You know, Justin Toffa. I looked at this. Parker Porter is a good fighter. He's a good heavyweight. He moves well. He just he's not a big puncher for a big guy. He uses good grappling. You know, a lot of the time. And Justin Toffa is nothing but a a brawling, big, heavy-handed dude. But he got hit. You know, you get you get touched. You know heavyweights it only takes one man because and this is where everyone gets a heavyweight body and a lot of people will talk about this but a heavyweight body will absorb more damage it will because there's just more meat to it and you know it can deliver more power based upon the weight but if you're talking about being able i hate when it does that if you're talking about being able to take more of a shot, you know, there's only so much you can take before it puts anybody out. Yeah. You know, and a heavyweight delivering with that type of power, done. It was the accuracy of it all. Yeah. So as Porter stepped in with the overhand, he really stepped in with that straight punch, boom, right on the chin, and it was done and over. Uh, great, great job by Tafa. Tafa stayed composed, relaxed. I'm surprised that Parker didn't come out and try to wrestle, wrestle right away. More. Right away, just jump on the legs. Like a little bit of that Cain Velasquez, like when he fought Junior the second time, he came out and shot from like ten feet away. 
<laughs> and just chase after him. It's true. If you go back and watch yeah. that fight, in that first round, he was chasing after him on his hands and knees. Never let that distract him from what he had to get done. Yeah. Some fighters feel like it's some fighters feel like, oh no, I don't want to look, I don't want to embarrass myself. No, 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 man. There is no embarrassing yourself. There's no embarrassing. You got to get the win. The win is the most important part. Yep. Um, I look at a little bit. I should have done something like that against Patricky, and then you know the headbutt happened, and the ref didn't see it, and shit got all fucked up. Boy, you you really have to go off of trying to make excuses, <laughs> don't you? Yeah, it's yeah, amazing. Yeah. I know it's so bad when the refs don't do their job. Dude, I can't believe. Um, <laughs> you know, if, well, if you have such a soft noodle, it's, yeah, at that age it starts getting soft. Oh, it's soft at that age. <laughs> uh but good on top. Good on Tafa. Congratulations to him. And then uh, in the next fight, though, buddy. Oh, hell of a fight. God damn, Great. you talk about a way to fucking start it off. Mm-hmm. These guys went out there. Jimmy Crute. <laughs> yeah, I've always enjoyed watching him fight. He is a guy that, you know, he he, he dies on his shield mm-hmm. when he when he dies and he gets big wins. Alonzo Minifield, I had, I had picked Alonzo Minifield to, to win this fight. I thought he just had a little bit more power in the stand-up and... I thought he'd be able to thwart some of the grappling. I thought I thought Jimmy was the better grappler, but I thought that Minifield would be able to thwart a lot of it. And it was. It was the striking of Minifield. Like if you're going to be honest about this, Mark Goddard made a decision on a fence grab to take a point. I don't blame him. It's fine. It was the right thing to do. That was the difference. And that's you know that's you know hey, bad on Minifield. You're the one that grabbed it. You know you're the one that that stopped a takedown based upon it. So the point deduction was fair, and that's what ended up creating the draw here because Minifield actually won the majority of the fight. But God damn, you got to admit, Jimmy Crute, in a certain aspect, and I want to give Mark Goddard real credit, there was a moment, I think it was the first round, when he got hurt. And, man, he was he dropped, and you saw Mark come in and, and give that look at him, and you see Crute trying to move, and he, he did exactly what he's supposed to do. Give him that. Give him that moment. Let him try. And if he' not successful, then I'm going to stop this thing. And nope, he got into it. He was able to slow down the progression of Minifield, you know, just by holding on to him. And he made it through the round. And that's what, in the end, ends up making him, allowing him to make it through the fight. But God damn, he was tough because he had no. He didn't know what day of the week it was. Yeah. He didn't know where he was. He didn't know his mother's name. He didn't know anything at that moment. He was hurt, and he made it through it. So outstanding job. Uh, and I want to give a little bit of a shout. I love what Sam Greco, because Sam Gre- I've got great stories about Sam. Sam Greco is in Jimmy Crute's corner. And, you know, he, he gave him great advice after that. He says, look, you can't stand at range with this guy. You know, this is not what we planned for. And you've, you've got to do these things. And he, he's telling him the right thing. And Jimmy tried to do those things. He crushed that space on him. He got into the grappling situations, and he made it a much closer fight based upon it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I looked at more of the the refereeing, which is uh, he did a great job. He gave the fighter an opportunity to yep. establish that he was still defending himself, that he was still capable of fighting. And you sometimes will find refs that will just start touching fighters right away when they get in trouble, and then the, the, guy, the fighter jumps up and goes, what the hell are you doing? And, but in this situation, gave him every opportunity to win and, uh, came out and now it wasn't, I know it wasn't a win, but gave me every, every opportunity to still stay in the fight. The, the uh, what I always have a hard time with though, John is in a draw, 
both fighters only get show money. Yeah, I know. And that's just a horrible, horrible feeling, man. It sucks. I, I don't know, you know, if the UFC is going to take care of him because this fight was a really good fight. Oh, God damn. It was a really good fight. And they do, you know, I think both guys said it, we need to do this again. And they do because if you get anything close, that was a hell of a start to their main card. Hell yeah, of a start. I, if I'm crude, though, I'm like, yeah, give me someone else. <laughs> Just, yeah. just, let's just I don't think it. Jimmy Cruz got it. He, yeah, let's do that again. Okay, yeah, I think he he's got his idea of how to to uh, win that fight, and you know, both know. guys were exhausted at the end. Like, I, you can't blame either one. They both put everything they had into that fight. And that's what you love when, to see. I think when Jimmy Cruz said that, he was still feeling the flashes of the second round not being dropped. Just, <laughs> let's let's just uh, let's move on, buddy. Who's next? Could Who's be. Next? All right, next. Ah, Modestus Bukakis against Tyson Pedro. You look at Tyson Pedro. You know, took this fight as far as, you know, Bukakis was a, a last-minute replacement and uh, didn't work out well for Tyson Pedro. You know, and Tyson, you know, he just he wasn't able to stop a lot of the angles that Bukakis was creating and landing shots. When he got him to the ground, he did fine. But the stand-up was the big determining factor in this fight, and I thought that I thought the judges got it right. Yeah, no, I agree, absolutely. It was a good fight. It was good, you know, all the way around. Uh, Pedro just needs to have more output, man. Pedro needs to be able to to do more things, and uh, it just didn't seem like he slowed down after that first round. Yeah. So, uh, but the fight that I was most impressed with was uh, Kuliabal. Yeah, he. This kid's good. He's got he that is fight. good. He's got that confidence about him. He don't have the body look, you know, nope. that doesn't you matter. Think you're gonna get, but man, this kid's good. He uh, and when and when he, given that one opportunity, the mistake happens. Yeah, pops in, takes advantage of it. Yeah, good stuff by him. I, I thought. I also thought too. Like, I was kind of on the take of the of the commentary team saying that he should have taken the full five minutes because he took a nasty oh. punch off. <clears throat> to that so, knee. I mean, sorry, that <clears throat> kick. And and you know it's a spinning back kick. So you know the the power that's on that damn thing, mm-hmm. dude. He should have taken four minutes and fifty nine seconds, yeah, <laughs> all the way. And, and there was a, uh, what was there like fifteen seconds left in the round? Yeah, there wasn't something much. not much, but still, it's like, dude, take your time because they even said in the corner he's going, I can't breathe. You no shit. Yeah. That's because you got two fucking testicles up clogging your lungs. <laughs> They got pushed up that high, man. And oh, holy man. shit. But Bag- Bagdasarian really came out. He is a good kickboxer. I've seen him kickbox before. Edmund Tavarian, who used to uh, train Ronda Rousey, cannot find a win in Australia. Edmund Tavarian. <laughs> is his name Tavarian? I thought it was something else, his last name. Edwin. Ed- Edmund Tavarian. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, What other fights on this card? Ah, you know, uh, the young kid was good. The Rodriguez kid yeah, was talented. Clay, yeah, Clayton looked really good. Uh, a little bit wild, especially when he hurt him. Mm-hmm. You know, stop the spinning attacks and everything. When you got a guy hurt like that, you can see that you've hurt him. Mm-hmm. You know, straight basics, take him out. Uh, but he looked fantastic in it. Jamie Malarkey fought very composed, which is nice to see against francisco prado who came in put on a good performance but jamie won every every bit of that fight the the fight that you really have to 
there was two that I I, I want to bring up. Jack Jenkins against mm-hmm. Don Shannon look great. I thought Jenkins went out there. He controlled things for the most part. There was mm-hmm. a couple things that happened, you know, groin shots and everything like that. Uh, I heard someone talk about, you know, uh, Shannon at the end pushing. He didn't realize it was over. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's like, stop. He's not being a dipshit. He just didn't realize it was over. And this is where people are like, well, you know, the bell sounded. Fighter sometimes doesn't hear the bell. You don't hear that shit. That's why, you know, when we say, look, it's the referee needs to come in and stop because you can't expect the fighter to hit the bell. But Jack Jenkins looked great. And then my favorite, you know, Loma, Luke, Combi. I counted, they don't even have their name on there like it, it is. Luke Combi, yeah. Luke Combi, Luke, Luke Ben Me. She was, she's fun to watch. Yes, she is. Against Elise Reed, man. Look, she got, you know, her stand-up is nasty. Her kicks are nasty. You saw that one kick. Mm-hmm. Man, leaves a giant mark on her. And then, you know, ends up getting her back taken. She, you know, makes it through the round, but then it gets the submission win. Then you look and you go, that was pretty fucking cool, man. Yeah. You, you are, she's a fighter. She's the kind of fighter, I don't care when it is, I'll always watch her because she always brings it, man. She's mm-hmm. fun to watch. Yeah, she's got to get a little bit better on the ground, and if she does, I know she got the submission win, but yep. that's why I think that's why she was so happy. Yeah, I don't think I don't think she ever thought she'd get a submission win. <laughs> like she's really good on the feet, her tie style, her foot sweeps, her clinch work, her clinch all work of that is stuff. dynamite. She's fantastic. She is yeah. fantastic. So she's gonna always have a hard time though with the people that mm. want to wrestle her. Yes. So she's gonna have to get better at that. She's got good takedown defense. Ground. She's got good takedown defense. It's when she gets there, she tends to lose positions. Yeah. So, but uh, the one I want to talk about was uh, Zuba in that very first fight of the night. How'd you score that, John? You know what? It was it was a close fight. Was I, it close? Was it though? Yeah, it was a close fight. I had Zuba winning. I had a twenty nine twenty eight for him. Mm. But why did you? You have a thirty twenty seven. No. Uh. I could have seen it going 30-27, but I had a 29-28. I had a 29-28. And I, I, I had it for Zuba, but it was close. And so I mean, this is where I look and I go, people don't realize, as the judge, there's going to be things that you miss based upon body positions, angles, yep. referees in the way, all these things that are happening, the post, when something lands that might change you know, your idea of mm-hmm. you know, who should win the round, you, you just sometimes you can't see it all. Yeah, and I know it's oh, that's an excuse. No, that's fucking reality. So yeah, yeah. I just I look at that. I look at I look at Zuba, but I also want to go back. I look at Trevor. You know, if many of you guys probably don't remember Trevor Prangley, uh, but he's you know one of my closest closest friends. But he is a guy that didn't matter what how great a shape he was in. He oh, he always looked tired. And I, I think, I believe, in that fight when he fought Jeremy Horn, that's, that's because that fight. Trevor would come in with this beautiful flat top, blonde hair, flat top. And three minutes into it, those things are all folding down. He's all sweating. Yeah. <laughs> he's got that look on his face like, <sighs> and you go, yeah. damn, he's tired already. He yeah. just, you know, that's, that was just Trevor. But I look at that, like when I look at Trevor, right? And I look at, with uh zuba they have that scent they have that look to them like they're tired yes 
and in the judges' minds, and in the fans, and then all you gives that perception like you're like you're losing. It's just their movement. Yeah, it looks it looks labored. Mm-hmm. You know, it just looks slower. And you look and you go, oh, he's tired. Yeah, you know, when maybe he's really not. He's just that's the way they're yeah. looking at the moment. I think sometimes that skews a little bit of the judges. I think when when Trevor fought Jeremy Horn, I thought Trevor won that fight, and um, but it was you, you would have never have thought when you were watching the fight because Trevor was like taking steps backwards, his arms were like this, like couldn't even make a fist. It was just that feeling of he looks exhausted all the time, but had good moments in the fight. So Zuba's got to work on his presentation, and the, fighter, if you guys are listening to this. It plays a factor. No matter what you say, no matter what it does, it plays a factor, whether it's with the crowd, whether it's with the media, who then later say, who then later say, oh, well, so-and-so looked, he was exhausted, this and that. They, they yeah. write about that shit. Yeah. And then it just, it skews, it doesn't skew the way the judges, but the judges also see you. You look tired, you're backing up, you're not, not much output. Those things, it does. It mentally, it, I well, think it affects. Let, let, let's look at it this way. I'm going to talk about two guys that were really tired. We already talked about him, Alonzo Minifield and Jimmy Crute. And think about Jimmy Crute when he was in that third round and he had these opportunities. And look at the power that was on the punches that he's throwing. There's nothing. Yeah. It's it's almost, you know, wet noodle because you just he doesn't have the gas to, to tense up and make it that hard shot. And so the judge is looking at it going, there's just not a whole lot there. As far as it's not, there's no damage being done by that shot. And so, you know, being gassed will have the, the judges looking at your actions as, yeah, he's doing it, but what's it causing? Is there the damage from it? What's the effectiveness? So, Well, John, we're going to rate this card, but before we do that, yeah. we're going to talk to you about the new partnership that we have, like we talked about. We're going to go ahead and give you guys our thoughts on our new partnership with OnlyFans. So... John, you want to make this as simple as I can? Yes. As simple as I can for everyone out there. We are doing this as a favor to you. Okay? Because what Josh and I are doing are allowing all of our listeners from the Weighing In podcast to go to OnlyFans. And now you're going to go to OnlyFans not because of a girl or anything. You're going to go there because of us. But now when your wife says, what are you doing looking at OnlyFans? It's about the Weighing In podcast. And if you want to look at a girl, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. You guys. We're giving you an excuse. Yes, we're letting you use this as an excuse. No, the bottom line is, and John and I, we talked about this. We've been working on this deal for six months. Yep. And um, there was a lot of things that needed to be worked out. But we also met with the top executives um, for OnlyFans. And we understand the direction in which that company has has developed. But I also understand if you look at around, and I want to do anything I can to help support fighters for them to make money, support athletes for them to make money. And I look at a ton of fighters that are on this on this platform, and they've just been recently signed, or they have been there from before. And not just, I'm not talking about females. Okay, I'm looking at uh, guys like Luke Rockhold. They're on there. You know, you have Chris Cyborg, she's on there, I know, and then you've got Brent Premises on there. You also have that they're also working with other sports. They've done uh, Formula One racing, they've sponsored them. They're working into developing a, a sports platform 
where you can go and you can view all your best athletes, all your, all the top athletes that you're, that you potentially want to follow. And they're available now. Some of them, a lot of them are available and there is a huge, there is a huge, a couple of huge signings that I know of, um, that I can't say until that, that deal is done. Those deals are done, but you're going to see a lot of athletes on this platform coming up. And so we wanted to jump on board as we had these conversations with the top executives at OnlyFans and be able to give you guys extra content. There's a fork in the road. And that fork in the road is sports. And OnlyFans signing a lot of really top-level athletes. We're the first podcast that they've signed, and it's because, you know what, in working with them, we decided, hey, this is something that we can use to actually communicate with people that listen to our podcast with our fans and all you got to do is you know you can sign up for free you can watch the first piece that we put on here and see you know us backstage at bellator that's going to be dropping after this show and then you know decide for yourself but there's ways that you know i get questions all the time as far as you know well how do i become a referee or what what would you do in this situation what would be the how's the rule in this you know, and you can't answer everything, but this, it comes up, it's going to be brought to us and we're going to be able to answer those things for you. For Josh, mm-hmm. you know, talking about, Hey, what was it really like to work out with Habib? What was it that gave you the most problems? All these different things. It's there for you if you really want to know, and, and we'll answer those questions for you. And we're going to give you a lot of, of content. And, uh, that first content's going to be dropping right after the show. So check it out. It's the behind the scenes from Bellator. So hopefully you guys enjoy it. It's free. Make sure you guys sign up. I want to thank you guys for continuing to support us. And, uh, hey, check it all out. All right, John, let's get into some other stuff. Let's get into the most important thing. Yep. We're going to rate this show on this oh, fight. Oh, okay. Go yeah, ahead. we're going to rate UFC. We're going to rate the UFC and there and this card. I'm going to give it, I'm, I'm going to be honest. There were some good fights. The, the, the last two were good. Uh, there was, you know, the Metafield fight was good. I enjoyed, um, what was the other one? I thought, uh, the Kulabau fight was good. Yep. And I thought the Boon Me, the Boon Me fight was good. And Jack Jenkins had a good performance. A little bit, you know, kind of dominant. Same thing with the year fight, kind of dominant. I give it probably, I'd say closer to a seven and a half. Maybe. Oh, a, you're so harsh. Seven and a half. No, I'm not harsh. I'm being you're, real. You're totally so you're hard. At least an 8.5, if not a nine. No, no John. Yes. John, no, look, there, okay. The whole stop. And this is why. I, it, you can disagree all you want, and that's okay because you're gonna. normally wrong. And again, you're once again wrong because I want you to take a look at some of these fights. You know, all the all the ones you talked about, I agree. Mm-hmm. You know, those made it, but the level. I love when the UFC puts together this kind of card because there is at the top. You can't ask for anything more. And did it deliver? Yeah, it did. It delivered for me in the fact that I watched Alexander Volkanovsky and Islam Makhachev go after each other as hard as they could. And you're talking about, it's like a drag race between a fucking Shelby Cobra and a fucking Hellcat, you know, Charger or something like that. It's going to be close because they're both fucking monsters. And it was, but it was a great, you know, just a great showing by all of them. I thought the Yair Rodriguez fight was fantastic. I thought he looked great. And the way it started out with Jimmy Crute and Minifield, man, it's at least an 8.5, if not a 9. 
No, the reason why no, the reason why is because a lot of the fights, even though they were good fights, and there was they looked fantastic. Jack Jenkins, one sided fight. Okay, um, the Rodriguez fight, one sided fight. Kulabau, good fight back and forth, but finished the submission. But there was some drama in there, so I'm going to give that up. I'm going to make that fight. That's going to catapult this card up a little bit more. The other fights haven't done anything for it yet. I don't want to see one-sided fights. I want to see tough fights back and forth. I want to see competitive fights back and forth. The Menafield fight, absolutely. I thought it was fight of the night. And then I get into, you know, I got it was fight of the night all the way up until you get to Volkanovski and uh, and Islam. But the Yair fight, one-sided fight. Um, The other, scroll up a little bit for me. Yeah, but it's it's a one-sided fight with Yair basically dominating a really good fighter. A really good fighter. Yes, I get that. The guy that had two losses in his career. I understand that, John, but it was one sided though. Okay, you need one-sided. to up your up your margins just a little bit. But stylistically, yeah, we we kind of we kind of thought it was gonna be a one sided fight. It was exactly what we thought. Had it been a knockdown drag out, I thought the Islam fight was gonna be one sided, and it wasn't. It was a back and forth battle, a literally a three, out. yeah, three to two. Yeah. That fight helped make this card. I would have given it probably a seven had that the final fight not been the level of which it was, where Volk really came through. Eight point five. No. So I give it a seven and a half. I'm giving I'm okay. giving it a discount. You you you're discounting things. You I, whole look, point. I'm not knocking the fighters. I'm just saying I need to see more. I need to see more equally matched fights and more knockdown dragouts, uh, for it to be a little bit. You higher. want more That's back all. and forth. A little bit back and forth. Yeah, I want to see more competitive fights. Okay. These are a little bit more one sided. But look, let's. This kind of happens when they go to a certain country. Do you remember the first time they went to Brazil? Yeah. One thirty four. And then it was. Yeah, so but that was like very one sided. All those fights were pretty one sided. Yeah. It's they knew what they were doing. Like when they when they go when they don't go somewhere very For often, yeah. they want to make sure that the fighters that represent that country are represented properly. Because they want to keep going back. They don't want to they don't want to see their country bullshit, get smashed. Man. It's true though. <laughs> but they want to give their fighters an opportunity to actually get wins so they match them up favorably. It's smart on their part. Good that's good promoting right there. All right. Dave, what do you got for us, man? Give us some, give us some news. Oh, uh, you guys touched on it. Uh, oh no, 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 bit. no, no, no! I'm breaking, I'm breaking this. I'm not allowing you to be in control. Screw that! I don't give a damn about <laughs> Charles Oliveira versus Benil Dariush. Jens Pulver ah. was put into the Hall of Fame. That is the next thing that needs to be talked about because Little Evil. It was a pioneer in the lightweights. You talking about lightweights? You knew him early on. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that, you know, I did his first fight in the UFC against Alfie Alcarez. Mm-hmm. He was with Bob Shamrock at the time that he did that. This is a guy that, you know, he had a, just a, a back-and-forth career, but in the UFC he had special moments. That knockout of John Lewis was huge. Got the win over Cal Uno at the time. Big-time fight. Got the title. And then beat BJ Penn when everyone was looking at BJ like he was unbeatable. Yeah, Jens Pulver, congratulations, my man. You absolutely deserve that. It, it was a long time coming, and it shouldn't have been. But you know, I put out there the UFC righted or wrong because it was wrong not to have Jens Pulver there. Especially, you know, you take a look at the people that are in the UFC Hall of Fame. Nothing against any of them. But if you have some of those people and you don't have Jens Pulver, it's making your Hall of Fame look bad. So now you just made your Hall of Fame look a whole lot better. Yeah, it's true story, man. I was supposed to fight Jens several times, you know, in some smaller level shows. And then he got signed to the UFC. And then, and then, uh, you know, he, but he wasn't, you know, when you were fighting back then, 
you still had to kind of fight outside of the UFC because you know you weren't making a lot of money and you, they there was only five shows a year. So you try to That's stay right. as active and as busy as you could. So even after he had fought um, uh, Alcarez, uh, Alfie Alcarez in the in, in the UFC, he was going to try to fight again somewhere else, and I was supposed to match up with him as well. We were matched up before he got to the UFC uh, in a Boise show, Boise Idaho show. And uh, I fought somebody that he knew kind of well. His name was Carl Zamora. And um, I ended up fighting him instead of fighting uh, Jens. And so it was a local promoter down in Boise. And I was living up in Coeur d'Alene. And it was like a, it was a big deal for, for myself because everyone had talked about how good he was. And I had never, I had never really seen him fight. They're like, oh, he's got some good wrestling. He wrestled at Boise State. He's got boxing, great boxing. Southpaw. I had never encountered sparring or fighting with a southpaw at the time so it was probably a blessing that i didn't fight him <laughs> and um you know i was just it was i was young full of piss and vinegar man thinking i could beat anyone knock anyone out and i mean we didn't end up fighting but we later on because we knew we were scheduled to fight several times we later on became really good friends and uh he's such a great guy super yeah. nice like, has a, um, look has such a hard upbringing you know so many things that worked against him in life and uh, he's fought his way through it all, you know, part of the, the Militic camp and everything. And you got to look and say, you know, he was a little evil bastard for a while. <laughs> he was, dude, if you know him, you yeah. understood the name of Little Evil. But God damn it, he was a good person and he deserved it. And man, I'm, I'm just very happy for him. Like another little side note on him is that, you know, I trained with BJ Penn at the time that he fought BJ the first time. Yeah. And... We gotta be. I gotta be honest, man. We walked into that fight thinking there's no way BJ loses this fight. There's no way he can't stop BJ's takedowns. He's nowhere near as good as BJ on the ground. Uh, boxing wise, BJ's got more power. BJ just couldn't get the rhythm going, man. Couldn't get it going. I know we were all making jokes, but um, but we later on, BJ and I, we kind of like laugh about it and we joke about the fact that it's because Dana White made him wait to run to the cage. Cause remember they played that Phil Collins in the air of the night yeah, or whatever it was. And he had to literally stand on the thing dun, and bounce dun, around dun, 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 dun. until, until it hit that, that beat. Yeah. And, and so we laugh about it now. It's like fucking Dana, man. He should have just let BJ run from, from the <laughs> thing. He held BJ it's there. It's all Dana's fault. It's all Dana's fault. Yeah, that exactly. asshole. Yeah. It was funny though, but uh, good stuff, man. And we had, we had some, we had some good times back in the day of thinking of the history of the sport and Jens being, you know, obviously the first lightweight ever, lightweight world champion. That's right. And uh, it's finally nice to see that he's uh, getting the dues and the respect that he deserves. It's and appropriate. John, you were telling me he's a big time gamer. Oh, dude, he teaches people. He is. He, he has made a damn career out of being wow. one. Of, I, I don't know. I can't remember what game it is since I'm not into gaming. He's he's was ranked as one of the top players there is, and he would wow. do private lessons for people, and he made a damn living off of that game and and being a good gamer. So good for him. Yeah, interesting, interesting. I guess there's hope out there for a lot of these gamers, huh? I mean, yeah, I know they, I've heard they make a ton of money. I heard oh some my god, some of them do. Yeah, wow. crazy. Demetrius is the other guy that's freaking into all that stuff. That's really good at it. Yeah, I can't say. DJ is big time gamer. I can barely get through like a football game. Like I'm done. As soon as the football game's over, as soon as the game is over and the clock hits triple zeros or whatever it is, it's I'm out. off. I'm off. I'm done. All right, dude. All right. I'm sorry. I, I I stole the show. Go ahead. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Horrible. Throwing off my Just, whole schedule. I know. I'm, I'm a horrible human being. <laughs> um. 
So there, you guys did touch on it earlier, so I'll give you a pass this one time, right? But next time, you know, don't make me come to Tennessee. Uh, reports are out that Charles Oliveira will fight Benil Dariush in May um, at UFC 288. I imagine that means it's not a main event, since we'll probably have a title fight in there. Um, but, uh, so, you know, you're probably looking at a three-round fight here. Yeah, this is a fight that we, you know, we were talking about, and it's this is a great fight. But Neil Darius is going to cause some problems here because he is so different in the way he approaches the fight, awkward in his angles and stuff. He's got a great ground game, so I'm not saying he's as good a submission specialist as Charles is, but he's damn good. And uh, his stand-up is solid, and he's shown. Look, he's Take a look at all the guys he's gone through. He's a hell of a fighter. Now, Charles is a great fighter, too. I look at this. It's a great matchup. No, it is, it's a fantastic matchup, and both of them are just killers, man. Like, they yeah. don't seem like it, but they're both fantastic fighters. They're both extremely well-rounded. I think that right now, Dariush is in a mindset, after watching his Gamrot fight, of just doing whatever he needs. Like, not whatever he needs, whatever he wants. He feels comfortable everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere he feels comfortable. And so it, I don't think this – it doesn't matter where this fight goes, whether it's on the ground, whether it's on the feet. He'll feel good anywhere this goes. He's got a hell of a chin on him, too. Charles, look, we, two fights ago, we were talking about how unstoppable he was. Yeah. He's another level. He's this, he's that. Because he was one making fight it look ago. easy. Yeah, one fight one ago. Fight he was Because he was making it look easy against top-level guys. Yeah. But Darius poses just a different threat, whether it's the... Styles. I, I, and I'm not saying Charles can't get this win. He definitely can't. But yeah. style-wise, this one's going to cause him some he's gonna have to he's gonna have to work at some things and change some things up the style of benil is just it's awkward at times and when you fight guys that are not in that smooth pattern that you're used to it creates problems for you yeah it's gonna be a good fight though and they're saying in may they're gonna say in may and then i think ramadan is around may i think as well so that kind of works out so as soon as that's done uh, Islam will come back in and uh, probably fight to the winner of this. Sounds good. We'll see you next. All right. Um, this other one I wanted to touch on was uh, this change in UFC contracts. Um, I'm guessing, well, I, don't, you know, I don't know where it comes from, but I don't know if you guys saw this report. Uh, so the headline reads, UFC reportedly makes massive changes to contracts, including more restrictions and waiver to prevent class action lawsuits. It goes on to say... Um, one of the major changes in contract is that if a fighter have any if fighters have any issues with the UFC, instead of taking it to court, they must go to arbitration. Unlike courts, arbitration is private. There would be no public record discussing what has been That's disputed, right. with media and other fighters being kept in the dark. In addition to this, the UFC has inst- uh, instituted a waiver in their contracts to help prevent class action lawsuit. Any fighter that signs a new contract will not be allowed to be a class member in any class action lawsuit thoughts here yeah I, I i see a company trying to take away rights of fighters instead of giving them more rights like people are asking guys why why do you think francis ingano left these are the things it's it's little things that add up to big things in the end and and you take a look and you go i, I understand why the ufc wants to put this in their contract because you know, I don't want fighters coming out in a class action lawsuit against me because they really kind of have one right now. And I, I totally understand it, but you're trying to take away the rights of the fighters by adding these things in there. 
all of these things by saying, you know what, you you can't sue. Who are you to say? Maybe he has the right to sue you because you fuck him over. Now, if they don't, if if you don't fuck him over, then I don't think they should be able to sue. But the reason that people can sue, it's, it's not always fair that people can. I agree with them, but sometimes it is because what you what you did to him is dirty, and it's their it's their recourse in you know trying to make something that's a wrong a right. And I don't know. I, I just take a look at what this has been this way for a while. The contracts are very restrictive. They're very one-sided and fighters are going to have to make a stand somewhere. And it's got to be not, you know, you can go with all these guys from the Dana white contender series. They'll sign anything as we have seen, you know, it's the same thing as what, you know, happened with tough coming in. Those guys would sign anything because they just want to be part of the UFC. And I understand that. And if that's what you want to do, I'm not going to sit there and tell you not to. But your fighters like a Francis Ngannou, guys like a Volkanovsky, guys like Israel Adesanya, these people, Islam Makachev, they can be the difference maker. They can be the ones that go, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not doing that. And they need to. They They need to understand. The more rights you sign away, the more someone has complete control of you, is not a good place for you to be. So, I when I signed the contract with them to go from Strike Force back to the UFC, because I was on my last fight going into <clears throat> after the, the after my last fight with Gil, I was yeah. I had one more fight left. They wanted to re-sign me, so they re-signed me, and uh, I signed willingly. But they also had all these other things in there. Where I signed away my rights to my name, my likeness, nickname, voice. my likeness, all this other stuff. Yeah. I didn't sign any of that. Those so are I called still, ancillary rights. Yeah, so I still have all of those things. The only thing I don't have is because I had already signed it away. Was was the was the video game rights, yeah. and that was already signed away to EA because Strike Force was the first game to to do a deal with EA. Yeah. So the very first EA video game was with um was with under Strike Force, and I was already in there. And so I had already signed away my EA rights, my video game rights for that game, for whatever. So EA kind of pretty much owns the Josh Thompson, whatever the punk thing is. And then, but then my, my trading card companies, all the others, those are all still under me. And it bugged the UFC literally all the way up until the last fight I had with Tony Ferguson with the UFC. They were still trying to get me to sign off that, sign off on all my rights to everything. And I told them no. And the girl goes, the girl that was there, I can't remember her name. She goes, you know, um, Dana said you need to sign this. And I was like, I'm not signing that. <laughs> She's like, well, you know, you know, he's going to get mad. Like, you know, like you need to sign this. Like, you know, and, and I said, you can call Dana and tell him that I'm not signing it. I said, I'm telling you now, I'm not signing it. You know, and they had just done the Reebok deal. And I just was like, I'm not, I'm not signing away any of this stuff. Yeah. None of it. Like I have, I, I pretty much already knew I was leaving. Cause I just knew like where they were at number wise. They kept trying to sign me even after that fight, they kept trying to sign me. And I just said, look, I'm not interested. Like I, I wanted to wait for my, my time period to come up. They will continue to do this. Um, and they don't need look fighters. Don't need a fighters union. You don't need it. What you need is the, what they need is a backbone <laughs> is what they need. Yeah. All of them need to be at one moment. And go, Hey, you know what? We understand you're making billions. We get it. We want you to keep making billions. Yeah, because but that... we we also want to make a little bit more money, and we also want to keep a little bit more of our rights. 
And this goes on forever. The same thing happened in college football. And they finally folded. And now they got all the NIL deals and all this other stuff. But that that took forever to happen. And players were being were being told like, oh, well, we're giving you an education for your play, all this other stuff. And guys like Reggie Bush, I believe Reggie Bush still has the number one sold jersey in college history. Yeah. He didn't get a nickel of that. Not a fucking He didn't get dime. a fucking penny. Well, you guys, I'm still getting checks from the UFC from like certain stuff, but it's not much, man. Like I, I just got a something, something was sold or whatever it was. And they sent me some, some money for something that I had signed or whatever a while back. And it was like, it was like 150 bucks. Josh, 25 years later, 25 years. I know that's fucking crazy, but 25, I still get checks from doing friends. Okay. Yep. I 25 years. Yes. Yeah. These are the things that you sign it away. You have, you have no concept of what you're signing away. You can't sign these things away. There's certain no. things you have rights to, certain things you don't. But to the, give up the rights that you have, just because oh they're saying well this is what you're gonna it's gonna take for you to sign with us, then you you need to start looking and saying that I think I'll sign with somebody else. And eventually, if enough people do it, guess what? They won't ask for it. Well, see, I believe. I believe this is getting put in the contract now because they've had a lot of changes with some politicians that are now in office that were elected into office or people that are, are making more of a push uh, to have the UFC investigated and they don't want, they don't want the fighters to be involved in changing over how the pay structure is. And so they're trying to cap this off right now. They're trying to put a stop to it. So the fighters cannot be involved. Yeah. And I can't get too much into it because I have to read more into it. I got to do more research on it all. But the bottom line is, until the fighters grow a backbone, yep. and just literally and literally say, "You don't need you don't need a players' association or a fighters' association. You don't need a union. You don't need any of that shit. What you need is two or three of the top guys in each weight class to say, "Hey, we can't keep doing this at at the level which we're doing it, and you guys keep taking advantage of us. We want a little bit bigger piece of a pie, and that's it." And I think I think if you were to stay in your ground for two or three shows, which is literally like fucking one month. Yeah. It's one month. Do it do it for two months. That those millions of dollars that they're gonna lose, they're gonna come talking to you. I it's gonna be close to I it'll be close to a billion dollars they're gonna lose in terms of what they make. I, I in within within a three what four shows? I mean, what are they making in one show? Depends on well, it depends. Depends on if it's a pay per view or if it's an apex That's true. show. Or that whatever, is true. So. But the, they're going to make they're going to be making a ton of money. They're going to lose a lot of that money, and you're going to have ESPN going. Look, you need to, you need to figure this out because let's be real. They kind of still answer to ESPN. They work for ESPN. Let's that's that's really the con. Let's you guys bring us the product, and if you can't bring us the product, you're in breach of contract. So they, the the fighters have them by the short and curlies. They've got them going. Hey, I, if I decide I want to sit out for three fights or four fights for two months, the ESPN's going. Hey, man, it's your deal to keep these fighters happy to give us our product that we're already paying you for. So if the fighters decide to stand to stand up and say, "Hey, we're not going to do this for two or three shows," now the problem is which fighters are those going to be for those two months? Because some of them aren't scheduled to fight until like Islam just fought. To say if Islam was going to do it, he wouldn't do it until May or June. Well. Now he's kind of, oh, I'm not part of that. So now you have to join together which fighters are going to do it. 
Look at this. Ha- this has this. This is ha- how many times does this happen, Josh? Because look at it's Randy Couture. Yeah. Randy Couture back when when Zufa first bought the UFC. Take a look at all the marketing and stuff that they did back then. They 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 started running ads in all the different magazines, Maxim, Playboy. Mm-hmm. You know, they they put out a ton of money in these things, and they they had this whole thing with Carmen Electra. Remember that? Oh yeah, and Jens Pulver was in that. Uh, Carlos Newton, Tito Ortiz, and you didn't have Randy Couture was the heavyweight champion at the time. You had Pedro Hizo in it because Randy would not sign away his rights, and it caused problems with them throughout his career. You know, he knew that it was they were always pissed off at him as far as he wouldn't sign those rights away. But that's why, as simple as it get, as stupid as it is, you know, I'll get into the whole video game stuff like you're talking about. The referees, you know, they <laughs> wanted to pay the referees $2,000 to be in the video game, right? And I told I told them, all, don't sign that. Don't say yes. Look, you can hold that. What, what is it, you know, you think, this is what they're going to make on this. And you, you give them, you know, an idea of how much money they're going to make. They're not having to pay the fighters anything. Why? Because you sign the contract, you sign away those ancillary rights. So they can just put you in the game no matter if you want to be or not. But they don't have anything with the referees, so they, they come to the referees, we're going to pay you $2,000. No, we're going to pay you $3,000. So it went up to, to $3,000. I said, look, you guys, you, you want to do this? Hold off. It should. We should be making, honestly, about $10,000 each. But let's hold off. It'll go up more. And all of them are going to do it, right? Until finally you get two. The fucking, oh, no, I'll take the 3000 And you look and you go, you're a fucking bitch. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, it's your only chance. It's your only time to get money because you're not making that much referee. They want to be in a video game so bad. And because the UFC, they called me. They said, you know, that, you know, they were going to make sure that I was never in anything. And like, you guys are not in it now anyways. You know, so it's like, this is what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, I did that EA deal. You talk about the one that you did. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I made a lot of money on that thing. Yeah. I made, a lot. I made quite a bit. Yeah. I did pretty well on that deal. And mm-hmm. but that's because you sit there and say, yeah. no, this is what I, this is what it's worth. Yeah. It's funny because when you listen to their um, the people, what are they called? Interns. <clears throat> Dana's gonna call you. Dana's gonna Dana's gonna be mad. I'm like, Dana's think, always mad. People, people get so <laughs> they get okay. so worried. They get so worried that Dana's gonna do something to them. Oh man! Like, what are you gonna do? I have a contract to fight. I'm here to fight. I'm not here to sign away my rights to anything. Okay. If you want to have a conversation with me on what we can do, then we'll have a conversation. But I'm not signing that. And so uh, these fighters need to grow a backbone. They need to figure it out. They don't need, they, they, which can eventually lead to like a, a players association or a fighters association, but you don't Good. need a union. You don't need, you no. don't need a, you don't need the all the act. It's going to make, it's going to fuck the sport up. You don't need a union. You need, you need someone to come in and be like, Hey, I'm the one that runs. I talk for the fighters and we just basically discuss. It's kind of like a union. I get it, but you need to, they need to stand up for themselves. They do. You need to find but if which they don't, you're going to do it. But if they don't, then you deserve what you get. Yeah. 
They're like going to fire a counselor or something like that. What's that? Like a fighter counselor, like not so much yeah. representing, but but giving them yeah. a, like. Well, and, how, how and they, some of the, you know when you talk about the restructuring of these contracts, some of it is the gambling part. Some of it is you know they're putting and and I understand why they're putting that in. And those are the things you have to give up. You have to say, yeah, I that's a reasonable thing. They're saying that you know what I can't gamble when I'm under con. Okay, you know yeah. can't gamble on fights that's reasonable it's reasonable for them to request that yeah that is true you know but when it comes to oh you can never sue us you can't be part of a class action lot no 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 that's not reasonable nope we'll see how this all plays out though next yeah all right we'll wrap up on that one. Oh, okay. it's the end you gotta tell us if we're gonna wrap up beforehand come on man well when john hijacks and now the, the end the is near uh all right well, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button hit the little thumbs up and the and the bell also go to our only fans page there and uh hit the subscribe button there it is free for right now check out the video that dave did from behind the scenes at last weekend's bellator we had some great interviews with dustin poy mark coleman uh dan henderson and we did them all we did uriah faber so check it all out and uh that's on our only fans that'll be up on our only fans we want to thank you guys uh so much for supporting us and continuing to support us and uh, we're looking forward to having uh, more input and more content available for you guys on OnlyFans and your guys' input onto the show. So that's the direct relationship we're trying to build with our fans. That'll be, this will be a fun experience, John. Yeah, we should have a good time doing it because we always have fun. Come on, look at us. <laughs> we're fun guys. For everyone out there, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you. Go Chiefs, Eagles! Chiefs, baby Chiefs! Go Chiefs, Eagles! Chiefs, baby Chiefs! Don't listen to this guy. <laughs> Chiefs! <laughs>